This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
Zweifelfang entsetzlich. This is Cyber Smiley uh, with my co-host. Um, Wisdom, greetings programs. How are you guys doing this week? And welcome to another episode of Tales from the Forlorn Dopes, brought to you by Cyberpunk Uncensored and Rob Mulligan. Um, so this episode, we're going to try to get into a little bit of uh, game theory, specifically around stats, how to use them, what we use them for, uh, any special rules we might have done, and talk about, you know, what we think about, like, modify them. Because we got into uh, a kind of uh, discussion around empathy and, and what empathy represents. So we, we figured we could probably talk you, all of your ears off for a few hours on <laughs> our stance on stats and how to use them but before we get started um just to give you guys some updates uh, i'm still working a little bit on my site i know i haven't done any um posts out yet i think it's been a few weeks um right now i'm doing a uh ability to do some conversions in from my cyberpunk 2020 generator and uh get it converted into interalloc unlimited so right now I'm working on the skill section and trying to uh, figure out how to uh, do that conversion back and forth between the, the two sheets. So that's one thing to look forward to. Um, other cyberpunk related stuff. So uh, I continuing to run my game. Um, I know Wisdom, you have your game that you're running. Um, Kinda. <laughs> Well, I can tell you right now, my game, uh, the previous, uh, uh, I don't know, session, I would say, um, the team did a, a major infil infil infiltration into a uh, facility, and whatever could go wrong, I think, did. They achieved one of their objectives, but not all of it, and right now they're on the lam. So it's going to be fun to see what's going to happen to them and how they deal with uh, the fallout from a kind of a, a botched run. Yeah, my game has, uh, I don't know, the forces of the universe are conspiring against me. And uh, like we haven't actually played in like a month because every time we, every week, like something, something is, is bogging down and uh yeah it's just it, it's it's slow going at this point well um yeah so uh so let's get into it stats uh the wonderful world of stats in cyberpunk uh 2020 um some of the conversions that 
our Talsarian kind of has done with the system, right? In which they've added decks, kind of removed attractiveness. Um, yeah. And did a few other things, like adding willpower as well. So, I guess what we can start off with is kind of our discussion on empathy and what empathy really means in game versus versus what it means or the dynamics around it right so the concept of empathy really is just how you interact with people um and how well you can persuade them influence them seduce them um and change change their opinions and i think we kind of touched on the subject of, well, you know, spine empathy reduces your humanity, which is kind of brings you into either slowly the other way around. Well, yeah, (laughs) the concept that (laughs) the lower your, your humanity, the lower your empathy, the lower your empathy, the more psychotic you become. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they want to treat they want to treat empathy as both a charisma stat and a sanity stat and i don't i don't necessarily think that i i don't necessarily think that's the way to go um and i've i mean we i came to this after the discussions we had where uh uh like a couple of episodes ago where we were talking about uh, cyber psychosis and its effects and yeah i don't i don't think necessarily that like empathy should be lowered uh because you're going nuts i don't think i mean sociopaths are fucking are nuts mm-hmm. uh well i mean they can be um i've actually known some sociopaths who were fairly functioning members of society and uh, I mean, they're sane to the extent that, you know, what they do is logical and and follows, you know, motivations and what whatnot, as opposed to, you know, just random acts of, of nuttiness. But right, uh, and, and that's at the same time, like a, a sociopath would have a very they don't have a connection to the humanity aspect like that's that's what makes them a sociopath but at the same time like everyone that i've ever known is a highly charismatic in- individual because they they know how to man- they they learn how to manipulate uh through other people's um humanity i guess is is the way i want to put it i'm putting this very very poorly and i apologize if i'm offending anybody uh- um our audience is small right now, but I'm sure when it, this goes to the YouTubes, it might get a little more. Um, I, I'm 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 trying not to be offensive, I, um, and I'm failing because I know that like it's a problem that people like real people fucking struggle with. It's not mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. I'm trying not to make light of it or misrepresent it, but. Um, the fact is, is what we what, what the what the game considers to be empathy and a high empathy and a low empathy, like a sociopath would 
fall on the low empathy scale of the rule system, but still have a very high charisma, which is where the like skills that are tied into empathy fall. Yeah. So it's it, it, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's, yeah. Uh, and and I know wisdom. You, you're FYI to everyone. Wisdom can't see chat. Um, his internet's down, so. He's, uh, yeah, I apologize about that, guys. Uh, joining by phone. Company is, um, is local, and I'm just doing it over the phone. Yeah, so di- Digital Craze um, kind of sort of um, sees less empathy the more psychotic you become. And, you know, I, I think there's a difference between being charismatic and being psychotic. Because Ted Bundy was very charismatic, but he was also very psychotic. Same with Manson. Um, Not so much with Dahmer and a few other of the, you know, the various killers. But I think, and again, the, the mechanics within the game, right, and how it's being used is... The more cyberware you get, the less attached to humans you become. Um, or, or less attached or disassociate I, yourselves with people in general. Um, and, and that, the way I'm thinking of, of, of going with this is to have humanity be a derived stat as, as it is now. Like it's based off of your empathy. But it's then completed completely, or then treated separately. Like cybernetics takes away from your empathy itself, but it doesn't affect your, or takes away from your humanity. But it, it I'm thinking about making it not affect your empathy. Once the, once the characters roll, they're, they're two separate things. Right. Um, but I, I can see, you know, I, I think, and again, I think what we're thinking about when we talk about real you know real sociopaths and real psychopaths and they are born with some of them are born with a good charisma some of them aren't um and i think right the game i don't know if the game kind of it's it's weird right because they put in this game mechanic that basically is to limit how much cyberware you get and also show the deterioration of a human becoming more and more machine and how that affects relationships with people, right? So, I mean, I'm kind of on two two sides. One, yes, I can see charisma um, being influential, but so you could think about charisma being maybe a combination of empathy and cool, right? See, and that was the second part of how I would have it work is uh, have your your humanity uh, affect cool will like yeah cool will saves um, right cause but we, I need to put more thought into that because I, I can see the and again we're 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 applying. The, the game mechanic of I'm starting to lose my humanity and I'm becoming yeah. less and less caring about other people around me, which means I'm going to be more agitated when people around me 
or do something mm-hmm. I find offensive, so I'm going to snap at them, and I can see that kind of lowering your interaction with people. But when you're when in addition to like your ability to interact with other people, I think it also uh, limits your inner your ability to interact with yourself as a human being. Like you start thinking of yourself as this invulnerable thing, this uh, more than human. Um, not bound by the limitations of the flesh right. uh, which again uh, as you were saying you grow frustrated easily you uh, you are prone to losing it really mm-hmm. like just yeah so so you could come yeah. up with like and this is coming off the fly you know again that would need to be game tested and whether or not players want to roll additional dice but when they get, have to use like a, a social skill whether it's seduction social fast talk persuasion um and they're really borderline psychotic right empathy of two three even lower uh they have to make a cool role to keep their normal level of empathy you know um oh that's a good that's a good idea or else they use the lower right and take that penalty um because they they fly off the handle right instead of okay i'm gonna try to seduce her but she does something that really just i hate meet people doing that and i just fly off the handle or say something the lower your your humanity the yeah. higher a chance of you having a psychotic break yeah like it could last it doesn't have to be like a permanent thing but like for an hour or so you fucking lose it you uh have, for lack of a better term you get super frustrated and have a temper tantrum yep as anybody who's ever been hangry uh can attest can be a very real problem Every um, Snickers commercial for the last two years. Jiggle Craze says uh, he would use either the Cyrus Trip expansion for 2020 or make his own. Um, I do not have the Cyrus Chip adventure. Uh, I've got yeah. it. It's 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 not one of the it's not one of the better known um, of the uh, Ionis supplements, but uh, it was pretty good. Was it Ionis or Atlantis? Atlantis or Atlas? Atlas, sorry. Uh, it it might have been Atlas. Um, for some reason, I thought it was Ionis, just because I can see the cover in my head. But uh, I'll be able to tell you in just a yeah. second. To me, if um, if you look at it and if it has purple on it, then it's uh, Ionis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Ianus kind of got into the whole psychosis and the various levels of it. Um, I tried implementing it with some players, but they were like, "This is too much." It was Atlas. Yeah, but it's got it's got purple all over the cover, which is (laughs) where my confusion came from in my brain. So yeah, I mean. And that's kind of a, a difficult stat, right? And how to how to play that? Now, I mean, again, the the quickest, easiest solution is just okay, charisma, right? Um, create a new stat, yeah. keep them different. 
empathy is how well you relate maybe there's a combination stat that, that you would convert or combine the two stats to come up with your target number um, or not your target number but your your bonus to the d10 um, but yeah it's just but I, I think I... I'm wondering if you would also consider the skill itself the the charisma aspect of it right um, yeah because the higher the skill um... goes I don't know. It's uh, it, it's it's hard to codify, codify uh, the width and breadth of sanity. Um, like the Dark Metropolis source book, it, it, they did a great job of introducing insanity rules. But like sanity itself is is a harder thing to like pin down uh, because it it's more than just charisma. It's more than just empathy. It's um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe a, a a separate sanity stat is is called for. Kind of like Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, kind of like Call of Cthulhu. They 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 understand sanity and insanity. Like they do that shit right. Um, I wouldn't want to do a straight thing. The other problem is, is I really like the elegance of nine stats. Um, but that's just a personal, like, old school. Like I don't like change kind of thing, uh, which is hilarious because we're talking about making changes but yeah right yeah so I mean things like like that and just reevaluating kind of that stat is definitely a lot of game theory and you also want to yeah you want to put in some rules that make a little more sense but you also want to make the, the playability not get overburdened um, yeah, you don't. You don't want one more thing to have to keep track of, and I, I get that. Uh, I don't want one more thing to have to keep track of, and I, I love keeping track of shit. Man. But at the same time, I feel like it's kind of necessary. I, I like the mechanic of cyber psychosis. I like the mechanic of you know, trading humanity for an edge. Uh, But at the same time, you shouldn't have to, like, it shouldn't affect. It shouldn't affect your ability to at least fake empathy. Mm -hmm. um, even if you don't have any empathy, you should be able to fake it, which is what cl clinically, according to the rules, like sociopaths that's that's their shtick is they they fake empathy um and the majority of sociopaths are very manipulative um, yeah yeah i mean they they have to it, it's it's part of their own 
coping and survival mechanism. Yep. Uh, I mean, they learn. Yeah, if you if you have no real connection to anyone, then you would learn pretty quick that hey, if I'm if I act nice, I get the cookie. Yep. Um, if I act nice to that guy, he might give me his cookie too. Or at least, if I act nice to the teacher, I don't get in trouble. I don't know. It's uh, manipulation is is a, a real skill, and it it's tied to empathy, and it that needs to be reflected. Like mm-hmm. you need to be able to play, or at least have sociopathic characters in the game who uh, can still make use of those skills. I, I don't know really how else to apply this other than just completely separate the humanity from empathy. Or removing sanity. Or or you could say maybe uh, maybe with the loss of humanity you still have access to those skills under empathy but instead of instead of empathy they become intelligence based skills hmm yep I don't know that Uh, seems kind of cheaty but yeah and I I think cool would be more appropriate right because cool kind of reflects your style your your machismo um yeah that makes sense um yeah this is a very disorganized uh episode we're just kind of spitballing here and inviting you guys to come along with us on this journey of how we uh how yeah. we digital crazes how he yeah. addresses a lot of the, his the humanity loss is and making pe- making players fear humanity loss um they really don't embrace cyberware that he actually is doing more like um the various tech and just adding it to yourself so you don't have that intrusion into your bodies so like um kind of like uh Power Ranger suits and things like that, in which he addresses. Or she, Power Ranger, um, just uses additional tech outside of your body, and that way you don't yeah. have that loss anymore. And honestly, I think that's what most people would do. Um, like my personal characters, very rarely get cybernetics, and most of the cybernetics they do get are replacement parts for shit that gets blown off right. um at that point yeah the options come in if if i've got to have a cyber arm well it's going to be top of the line with all the bells and whistles um if you shoot out my eyeball it's it, it's not just going to be a, a an, an eye uh it's gonna do all sorts of stuff but before then yeah i've got smart goggles i've got uh Battle gloves, all sorts of advanced tech on my body to basically mimic the effects of cybernetics. Right. I mean, that makes more sense. In my game, 
it's also like cybernetics are much cheaper much much cheaper than like cloned body parts the idea that cloned body parts are cheaper in the game in the core cyberpunk 2020 rules and anybody would ever go with cybernetics makes no sense to me whatsoever um, because as cool as cybernetics are like they're not going to be able to like perfectly replicate the tactile sensation that a meat part would have um plus if you look at it realistically there's always the the chance of like your body rejecting it like that's something that i think should have been represented as well like your body rejecting or rejecting cybernetics uh, maintenance things like that i don't i think those those ideas are shortchanged in the core rules and uh they should be looked at maybe that's the subject of a future episode i don't know i don't mean to be getting off topic here but all right well i mean if you think about and again this we're talking about a derived stat and and the game mechanic to control the limitate or the limitations of cyberware right um shadow run had what essence I think they had it, which more cyberware. I couldn't tell you. I've never actually played Shadowrun. Wow, well, I played it many years ago. But basically, you had a set essence, which I think was um, set to a specific number depending upon the race you 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 had. Um, so everyone had the same essence. So I have a six. You have a six. And the more cyberware you get. What is it? Represent. Oh, okay. It, it was humanity, right? It was a limitation okay. on, on how much cyberware you can have. The concept behind Shadowrun was that it wasn't really eating away your humanity, but, well, it was eating away your, your humanity, <laughs> but it was eating away your soul, really. Um, because, that makes sense. Because, you know, Shadowrun had that magic aspect um, to it, so souls and spirits. Yeah, tried to tie a, from what I can game. tell of Shadowrun's magic, they, they tried to tie it, in, uh, they took a really like holistic view of magic from what I understood. Like I said, I've never played it I've read through a lot of the source books or at least uh, some of the adventure books and it, it always seemed to me, like especially from the art, that the magic took a really holistic like uh, indigenous people's type of view of magic right that could have just been a stylistic thing with the art but that was the impression i always got right um just to um add to this conversation so uh, i'm opened up uh cyberpunk red um and the description for empathy is your ability to relate to and care for others and take others into consideration particularly important as it offsets the effects of cyberpsychosis. Um, and it's interesting that when I read cool, it says your ability to impress and influence people through your character and charisma, how well you get along with others and how you interact really? in social situations. So I that description, that cause that, that does not, that does not tie into how I viewed cool ever. Well, it also doesn't tie into some of the skills. No, it doesn't. Like, cool is your ability to maintain your calm under pressure. Like, that's how I've always viewed that. Right. So, like, um, persuasion in red is cool. Human perception is, is 
human perception is empathy conversation is empathy which mm, i don't know if i would yeah, there's so many redundancies with red um i'm yeah. not i'm not talking bad about it there's just a lot of skills that overlap each other that uh man it looks like empathy only has two skills associated with it which are human perception which kind of makes sense right um in conversation um but even human perception you could say put it up towards an intelligence you know um because it's a combination i think of intelligence and and empathy Right, you know what what telltale signs you're looking for, and empathy is kind of how you read a person. The skills, the skills for red, like I, the way the character sheet. Uh, I'm looking at just the basic character sheet that uh, came out, and like, I get what they were trying to do, but I preferred the Cyberpunk 2020 way where it was divided up by stat mm -hmm. um but yeah it's conversation and human perception that's human perception being an m skill yes absolutely uh conversation sure um yeah so they Jesus. it's a little different than 2020 maybe maybe they took um what we're talking about <laughs> into consideration of Hey, someone yeah. who, who's who uh, is a serial killer. Yep, they they can fast talk and persuade a lot better, and you know it doesn't offset. So, you know, you might be right about that. It's it's. I need to take a closer look at these at the red skills, but uh, <laughs> well, when I had you not realized there were only two empathy based skills. When you run red the one and only time, uh, you know, you learn them. Um. So, I don't know how much longer you want to talk about this particular stat or, or get into some of the other stats. Um. Uh. I mean, I could continue talking about this stat and for for hours while trying to think of how to cover it in the future if I uh, update Interlock Unlimited, um, which, I mean, I've been putting stuff on the back burner for that for a couple of years now, but this is like the first major change that would come along. Um, as far as other stats, I, I know red removed uh, attractiveness as a stat, and I understand the, I understand the viewpoint on that. I, I still think it would be important to have attractiveness as a stat. I don't think you need to tie those skills into it. Like I don't know where you would put the personal grooming and wardrobe and style skill. Um, I, I'm sure cool would be. A suitable replacement for attractiveness, but I do think there needs to be like a notation somewhere of 
you know, just how physically attractive the character is because that's actually important. Um, sure, you can choose. I, I, I don't mind the idea of letting the players choose how how physically attractive their character is. Uh, does it need to have skills attached to it? No, not necessarily. Um, but yeah, it, it should be there in one way or another. I know in Cyberpunk you can make your character more attractive or less attractive as as you see fit, but uh, that's dependent. Like, making yourself more attractive is going to be very dependent on how much money you have. Right. Well, I mean, so if we think about, like, other game systems, um, I know... D&D way back <laughs> tried to uh, create kind of a, a stat for uh, physical beauty, right? Which was uh, comeliness that survived not very, for very long because it was no, just... No, what was that? It, it, like one edition, sadly? Yeah, it came out um, late in second for first edition. Uh, and then you have something like Vampire the Masquerade, and this was back in first edition of that game. And I think the attractiveness was actually a bane or a boon, so you would actually buy it with points to have that attribute, right? He yeah. is good looking, or he is ugly, so he gets more points. <clears throat> Which... I thought was, and I think Fusion, and again, I don't, last time I read Fusion was probably over a decade ago. Um, yeah, I know, the Bubblegum Crisis books was the last time I actually read Fusion. And I think Fusion kind of had that same uh, way of, of, Idea. of tackling it, yeah, in which you spent points to be attractive, which gave you a bonus to some of your social skills. So, yeah, I don't know what points you would spend, uh, but that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I know, I know with Interlock Unlimited, or at least with the games that I run, regardless of whether it's Interlock Unlimited, Classic Cyberpunk, or or whatever, I have I have I've removed uh, luck from one of the stats that you use your starting points on or that you roll on. And it's now its own separate roll. Like once you've figured out everything else, then you roll for luck. Uh, I can see doing something like that with um, attractiveness. Attractiveness. Like, hey, you know. Or just letting someone decide, because I don't care if you're attractive or not. Some In some things, it'll provide you an advantage. In other things, I mean, it, being a pretty character doesn't isn't always going to be an advantage. It mm -hmm. means people remember your face. It means, like, if you're really pretty, like, people look at you like, well, he's never done any real work in his life. He doesn't know how to fight because his face isn't all fucked up. Right. Yep. And you get you get into the kind of real world approach, and I don't know how true this is. I know people say it, but some 
very attractive people have always said that they aren't very approachable by people and people always just seem very timid to start up a conversation yeah. with them um which i find interesting <laughs> i mean it can like yeah attractiveness can be its own curse it's not one that i've ever been afflicted with but yeah. i can see it happening like I've I seen. Mean, I mean, I've known some very pretty, like, physically attractive people who, you know, suffered deep, like, suffered depression and anxiety because people only saw them for, you know, their physical appearance. Um, it's like, uh, oh, who's that chick that played Winnie on... Uh, The Wonder Years? On The Wonder Years. Like, that chick is a freaking genius. She's like yep. a math savant. And nobody ever took her seriously because of how attractive she was. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that can, that can be its own curse. Uh, I remember, like, when Leonardo DiCaprio first started out and he first started doing movies, everybody dismissed him as nothing but a pretty boy. And, like, I, I had seen him in This Boy's Life and Gilbert Grape and was like, wow, that kid can actually act. And then he did Titanic and it went back to, well, he's a fucking pretty boy. Yep. Um, and it, it took it took some major doing on his part before people started giving him his due as an actor. Well, even, um, even before Titanic with, um, what was it, Basketball Diaries? Yep. I mean, shit, the, he was showing his acting chops almost from the very beginning. Like, yeah. I mean, his growing pain stint. There's only so much you can do when you're stuck with Kirk Cameron, but. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a. Uh, it, it, it was a long, hard climb for him, regardless of how pretty he was, to be taken seriously. He was going to be successful because he was a pretty dude. Yep. But for him to be like uh, taken seriously as an actor, he had to break away from the Titanic and Romeo and Juliet mold, like stop being seen as this like teen idol. Uh, and, you know, that kind of typecasting, like that's been a major complaint in Hollywood for years. Usually it's just by playing type, but a lot of the times it's by being, hey, this I'm this sex symbol. Look at all the Disney girls who... Like, in order to try and break out from there on this pretty little innocent Disney girl, so I'm going to, like, start doing drugs and, like, acting like a nutbag trying to break out of that. Yep. And then being... And the struggle that they face. Being very um, promiscuous and... Yeah. Or at least... I mean... Selling that as, as, as their ability. Um, but you also have, like, the re reverse of it, which is, you know, lower lower attractiveness you're definitely not yeah. going to have as many people coming up to you and talking to you or interacting with you yeah if if, if the lower your attractiveness the more you're going to rely on that care on your charisma like i mean i'm a i'm a chud in real life i have to be fairly friendly to people <laughs> um people like danny devito who's I, I mean, the dude's a, a little troll. I love him. He's one of my favorite actors on the planet, but 
he is not a physically attractive man. Yeah. And, uh, but he has worked his charisma to the point that I like, I would watch him in anything. Right. Um, this is, and this has gone off on a weird tangent of me just <laughs> listing like attractive and ugly characters right. in Hollywood. And I apologize for that. That's not so, really where I was trying to take this. Just right. So, um, so with attractiveness, right, that kind of was dropped in red. And two new stats yeah. were created, the Will and Dex. So, and, and I kind of... Was there an attempt to, to break up reflexes? So, it's, so reflex isn't the end-all be-all stat. And I, I understand the reasoning behind it. Um, because everybody wants to be the cool guy with the fast gunslinging skills and all that. Uh, I don't think it necessarily does that, though. Right. Um, well, looking at, you know, the, the skill base, it, it kind of looks like range weapons are reflex, whereas hand-to-hand -hand is dex. If I'm reading that, yeah, right. that's that's how I'm seeing it. Um, so they kind of tried to split up combat into two specialties, right? Long range versus short range. I mean, I just I don't really see. I, I guess they're trying to say that reflex is hand-eye coordination, and then dex is fast twitch muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Um. But really, aren't those the same thing at the end of the day? I don't know. I just, I... Well, the description it's is... It's a philosophy I've struggled with since, uh, since Fusion, basically. Yeah, so... The, the description is your response time and coordinate... Uh, represents your response time and coordination. Um... Most importantly, the stat it affects ability to hit things with range weapons. Versus dex is your overall physical... Competence? Okay, competence as it pertains to balance, leaping, jumping, combat, and other athletic activities. Um, I, can, I can get that, but it seems like they're trying to blur the line between reflexes and body mm. well it, it's confusing right because in one statement for dexterity they say it pertains to your balance leaping jumping right leaping and jumping yeah move what does move do it affects your running leaping and jumping <laughs> so um like yeah. i'm uh, yeah you know, there's definitely some overlap to that, uh, which I guess kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're trying to split off the skill base into a little more varied skills and, and what stats you use, which for me kind of complicates the game a little more. <laughs> Um, even with even with the 2020 list, um, like 
Attractiveness gets two skills added to it. Move gets zero. Luck gets zero. Um, which kind of is... It, it throws out the mechanic um, to have them as stats, but they're important enough and separate enough that you need to represent them somehow. Yeah. Um Capricious Nature believes he, he's, or sorry, he thinks it's a, it was a good idea uh, to separate Dex and Reflex. I can, I can see that. Um, yeah. But I mean, if they're if they're doing that with Reflex and Dex, shouldn't they be doing body and splitting that into Strength and Constitution, right? Um, just because you're strong doesn't mean you can resist wounds better um, and yeah. vice versa right well I mean with IU I mean strength is is at the at its very basic most simple uh, explanation body is just your physical strength but it's also like your your muscle density, I guess. Your physical density. So, mm. it's a weird stat in 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 the things that it represents. Um, like the skills that it gets added to are are, are on the surface they make sense, but then you get into things like. Uh, like you said, like your ability to soak up damage, and like I don't know that a, I don't know that a person who's like toned and muscled is really gonna be able to take any more physical damage than somebody who's doughy and fat. Yep, and they've they've proven that, or some study or some victims of of stab wounds um the only reason why some some of the guys who've been stabbed multiple times was because <laughs> they were on the chunky side um they yeah. wouldn't have survived I mean, just... it if they weighed like 50 pounds less more cushion for the stabbing that's <laughs> that's what it is um yeah because if you're if you're lean and, and toned and and in shape like the the knife just goes straight to your to your organs whereas if you got some weight behind you you know stabby stabby through the fat yep uh, so maybe maybe body needs to be broken up into you know physical fitness and like just overall density I don't know I don't know how else to put that um As a fat dude, I do not want to see like, you know, like a scale of skinny and fat. But at the same time, like it, it would make a difference. Yeah. Um, like if you actually look at like tough man contests and stuff like that, or uh, like guys in the who who train to like SCA guys who like actually do like sword fighting and shit. Like it's not the it's not the super tone little guys that that dominate it's it's 
it's the dudes like the mountain who are kind of fat, but at the same time, like their arms are like tree trunks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've it's it's not the Schwarzenegger types who who win those things. Right. Although at the same time, Lou Ferrigno's been competing in that shit for like forty years, and he always does fantastic at it. Even it, I don't know if he still does it, but I was seeing him do it like ten years ago, and he was still like placing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you definitely see some of these bodybuilders. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> in their older age; they're a little smaller, but that doesn't mean they're not as fit. You know, um, they just reduce their their body mass. Um, but yeah, so so for me, you know, the whole conversion and, and the streamlining of stats. I, I think red kind of went the opposite direction of what I would have done. Um, I've actually, I have thought about it and I actually would have reduced the stats even more. I would have dropped move. I would have dropped attractiveness uh, as stats. Uh, I would have made them kind of derived stats for like move. Right. So for I'm me thinking reflex, reflex and body would set the move stat or, or the derived stat of move right um for for attractiveness it would be possibly a, a combination of empathy and cool um and make a derived stat off of that whether it's yeah, an I'm average of it or not if i if i update or when i update uh interlock unlimited again uh just a whole you're having the prime stats and like you said removing move and attractiveness and luck from the prime stats um and then having like secondary stats uh which would be attractiveness move luck um and sanity or humanity as Mm -hmm. it were um as secondary stats not that are derived from the primary stats, but are not, but are no longer attached to them. Like once you figure out the number, they're their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be the way to do that, and then, and then maybe you know, add in dexterity, add in, uh, other things like i i'm still looking at it and trying to figure it out right uh but but the more we talk about this the more i the more ideas i'm getting for uh how i would like to handle things in the future and future updates to the rules that i use yeah and I, i mean i like your idea of the certain stats you roll outside of you know the point value right yeah everybody's given a certain amount of points you apply it to these stats and then these stats you would have to roll to roll on after the fact like luck i think is the main one you talked about but even getting into attractiveness i mean it's luck it should just be a luck of the die what you get like it shouldn't be you shouldn't have to uh like negotiate your other skills to decide how much luck you have right um it makes a it makes a more interesting experience, and, and to me, it also um, alleviates 
the um, what are they called? The throwaway stats, the dump stats, right? Uh, yeah, which I've always had a problem with uh, throughout. Right? Some people <clears throat> decide, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put any points in the lock, and I'm gonna put it all into intelligence and reflex and get my get my big cash and my all my pickup skills um, from it. And even oh, that all together. Yeah, and even move is one of those stats that um, is a dump stat, right? Because they're like, okay, yep, I'll I'll take that hit, and I will go off and get cyber legs with speeding bullet, and I'm all set now. Yeah, um, I, I love that idea. I also, uh, if you really want to do that, if you really want to get some cybernetic like speed boosting legs. I mean, that shit is not fucking cheap. So, I guess characters can be all like, well, I'll sell out to a corporation. I'm like, do you really want to sell out for that much? <laughs> As, uh... Also, I don't make that available for every game that I run. Like, it's just not feasible. Yeah, and, um, and sell out for those who are listening. Do not, if you're using either system, um, for me... All the players have to agree to sell out, or none of them get to sell out. Uh, because that, unless one of the players is the corp, <laughs> who's running this run... run ragtag band of uh, bandits. But yeah, for me, sell out is a little. It's definitely. I a, tend. I tend to run very thematic games and campaigns where the characters are all either nomads or they're in the military or they're all street gang members. Sometimes selling out is an option. Some, most of the time it's not like if you're playing a nomad selling out is not a, is not an option. There's nobody you're going to be able to sell out to that gives a fuck about you. Um, if you're playing a military character, sure. You sell out to that corporation. Um, same with the police, like sell your soul to the police. Go ahead. Um, but that option at that point is yes available to all the players they don't all have to take it but it's available to them uh, honestly though it's it's just not an option most uh, most of my players ever ever take up um, most of the players I've had like try to hold on to their humanity and like keep cybernetics at bay as long as possible yep yeah, and no, I've had characters who have gone full conversion, but that's only after like extensive play and like they take major damage. Yeah, the the one thing that I saw in um, Interlock Unlimited, which I found was was kind of clever use of the stat, uh, was how you took the derived stats of like a death save versus a stun save, whereas a stun save is based off of your cool. And not your yeah. body, and the death stave, of course, is still based off of your body. Um, which, that, yeah, that made much more sense to me. Yeah, because especially with how twenty twenty wrote or applied cool, right? Yeah, and, and what what it represented within the game, and I think with red they took that the old aspect of cool and kind of separated out between cool and will. And kind of made cool more blended into attractiveness and empathy. 
Um, yeah. So I think for... And granted, Red doesn't have stun saves anymore, which I think <laughs> is it's a little lacking. Yeah. Um, which was always a fun aspect of combat. Um, and mechanically, Red kind of goes in a completely different direction than 2020 does. Like, the rules look the same on the surface, the skills look very similar, but the way they're applied and the end result of them uh, are really two different creatures at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that. That's the, it, it appeals. I can see how it, it's very... It's very much more appealing to the newer generation of gaming, uh, of gamers who prefer a simpler, uh, a simpler experience. Like rules light, move, just move through it as quickly as possible. Um, I get that. I get that's the the modern onus of gaming. It's the direction things are going right now. Yep. Um, it's not my personal choice, but I see why that's popular. Right. And one of the ideas I've around stats and around how to implement stats, um, and kind of read went with it in a way. Uh, one of the things that I always looked at was wounds and how everyone only had, at least in 2020, right? wounds were everyone had the same amount of wounds right you had four yeah to be light etc uh one idea i was kicking around from a homebrew point of view was to set those categories based upon your body right so for a body 10 and granted i would eliminate btm because it would be no longer needed um so, for example, a person with a body of six, every threshold would be six points, right, instead of the normal four. So, in order to go from light to serious, it would take six points, right, of damage. Um, and again, like I said, I would... I did that with with animals in IU, where, uh, uh, in Lock Unlimited, where... The larger or smaller the animal, the more wound boxes it had. So, like, humans had your standard four, and, like, medium-sized creatures, they had the four. But once you start, like, moving up, like, a grizzly bear would have seven or so. Actually, I think it was six, but uh, something like that. Um, So, yeah, I get where you're going with that. But I never actually implemented it. Um, But now how Red does their points kind of re- reminds me of it and granted they they kind of simplified the whole wound scale by dividing it in half and yeah. you know once you hit the breach of or hit the level of of half your hit points then you're in serious and then once you um go down below zero that's when the death saves start coming yep um Hit points. <laughs> I will not. Uh, yeah, I just uh, not a fan of hit points. Not at all. 
Um, no, not at all. I was the cyber how cyberpunk handled damage and wounds and and that whole mechanic was one of the things that like major draws to me uh, for the cyberpunk 2020 rule system. It was so lethal. There was so much drama around it. Uh, that all seems to have really been stripped away. Um, I, I don't I've know if it's been about stri- before, but... stripped away because your your hit points are still based off of your stats. So the more you improve, your hit points aren't changing, right? It's you're not growing in hit hit points per se. I get that it's not level-based hit points like D&D or yep. 90% of the other games out there. But uh, I very much preferred the idea that, hey, if I get shot in the arm, that has a very specific effect. If I get shot in the leg, that has a very specific effect. Um, and wound tracks differently for each limb or whatever. Um I preferred that. I, I still do. I'm going to continue using that. Um, just a static number of hit points. It's too video gamey for me. It's it's too Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Um, it is not the direction that I prefer, and I prefer. I understand that others do prefer that. I understand that with the simplification of things with the streamlining of things that people want in the modern game, that that's the way to go. It's just not the way I go. I say that a lot. (laughs) You're setting your ways, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, forlorn dopes. We're we're two old grognards who are trying to cope and trying to to, uh, roll with the changes as best we can. But you got a few fans about... Uh, not being a fans of uh, hit points, so there's still yeah. some some people out there in the community um, that like it. Um, the other well, stuff, just the uh, wound tables created such a more a, a much more dramatic experience, um, and that's what it really boils down to. Is oh my god, I just got my leg shot out from underneath me. Now I have to crawl to safety, mm-hmm. or. Uh, and I get that there's like a critical hit table in red. That's that's not the same. The critical hits existed in Dungeons and Dragons. They're not the same either. It's 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 not the same as every wound you take having a direct and immediate effect. Right. So another stat that I think has been homebrewed for, since since the game came out, I think it was the Lux that, um, and I know I've homebrewed yeah. it. Mainly, my, my the reason why I homebrewed the Lux that was because it was starting to become a dump stat, and I didn't really yeah. really like it. So that's when I created the the point value costs to do certain things with luck, right? Um, so like my system is you know 
one point you negate a fumble, which in red has changed, right? So fumbles aren't aren't as bad as they were in 2020. But then again, I think they weren't that bad in in 2020. Because um, everyone's like, well, there's always a 1% chance you fail. And like, or sorry, 10% chance you fail. Well, <laughs> red has the same percentage chance that you fail. Um, and actually, no, red just minuses a d10 off this, off of your roll. So therefore you could still succeed. Which is nice. Um, but yeah, so one point you could alleviate uh, a failure. Three points you actually get to re-roll that fumble. Because for me, luck was is that, right? It, it talks about the fortunes of battle. And for me, the whole, well, you get to add a point or remove a point for every luck point you have onto a roll. And... <clears throat> I didn't see people using luck as much as they possibly could, and oftentimes they, you know, they basically like push. Get they've got it. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? They forget that they have the luck. Whereas, oh Christ, I, <laughs> I rolled a one. Let me see if I have luck to change that, or I have, or this is a really important roll, right? So, yeah, for, for, in my use system, luck on this roll. Right, so in my system, five points, um, you basically automatically do a crit success, right, uh, with five points. And for me, I knew no one was ever going to put ten points into their, uh, into their luck, so I knew that, that I get one crit every game session wasn't always going to be an issue, you know, wasn't necessarily an issue. Um, and, and players would often use it sparingly, right? I need to, I need to succeed at this really, really good, right? It, it's one of those things in which the players would just think about how important a skill or, or a role was. Because the other thing was, okay, I also need to keep my luck around to prevent fumbles, right? Or prevent headshots, um, because that's always the other thing in the background uh, of dealing with luck. And yeah, and again, so like here, you know, there was the off chance you might hit someone's head. So luck always played in my games played was very valuable because you know if you roll a one, okay, you you get to use one point to change that into body, right? Um, yeah, I was going to say, luck is... I, I've never really had the problem with people using luck as... as I'm not going to say that they don't use luck as a dump stat, but they've still... Like, they use the stat. Mm -hmm. um, like we said, uh, important roles, they're... Like, in my game, you have to call luck before you use it. Before you roll the dice. And you can use it for anything that dice is rolled on, you can use luck. Uh... But yeah, you have to do it before the dice is rolled. So anytime there's an important skill that you just absolutely cannot fumble on, you can call luck and one point to eliminate it's a fumble. It turns it from a fumble into just whatever the die roll is. Uh, but with Interlock Unlimited, we went further than that with luck. Um, whereas with Cyberpunk 2020, like you said, there's a one in 10 chance of 
of a fumble. Um, with Interlock Unlimited, uh, if you roll a one, you roll it a second time, and if the second roll is below your skill, it's not a fumble. So the higher your skill, the less chance, the less likely you have of fumbling. Um, so, like, if you are a highly skilled character, you almost never actually fumble. Whereas if, if you don't know what you're doing, if you've got, like, a one in the skill, you're going to fumble most of the time. Mm. That you actually roll a fumble. So it works It works really well for my games. Um, yeah, I mean... People... Go ahead. So the one thing I, I kind of, like didn't like about the luck and specifically around that you use your luck before you make the die roll right um but for me you know looking at luck luck is supposed to chain make you luckier right so if i put two points into a die roll and I don't score. You don't have it. to claim how much you're going to use before you roll. You just have to claim that you're going to use it and then use one point. Okay. Um, um, but I, I for base book, right? So, so there was always that concept that you need to declare it before yeah. the roll. Well, if I'm, if for example, I have a nine in luck, that means I am a super lucky individual in game. Right. I'm above average, almost superhuman with, with a luck of nine, right? So if I say, okay, I'm going to put two points into this, or, or however many points, five points, and I fail by six, okay, well, as a very lucky person, I should still be able to succeed, and yes, I should be able to use, still use that extra point to bump me over that level. As opposed to, well, you declared it before, you didn't get your success, so guess what? You, your, your luck failed you. And it's like, that's, that's not how luck works. <laughs> I mean, as a concept. I mean, isn't it, though? Is it? Then I'm out I of luck. So, so not only did I fail, but now I'm out of luck. And I mean, you are just shit out of luck. Like, uh, yeah, and I get that, and that's why you have the nine points. But for me, it's you know, I I don't see it as as a before thing. So luck is supposed to inf not. It's supposed to influence kind of after the fact, in my opinion, right. I need to make a roll. I rolled, and maybe I have enough luck to bump that as a success, right? Because that's how luck kind of plays. Versus, I'm going. It's, it's not though. Luck it, isn't. Luck doesn't just apply to anything you fail at. Luck, luck is random, dude. Luck is like you're walking down the street and suddenly you find a, 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 some money on the street. Right, and, like, and that's that's different, you, right? You're so, not looking at something when you throw it and you hit the target, like that's luck. Um, but th there's, there's a level of randomness to it. There and is a level you... of randomness, and the le level of randomness of the game mechanics is the dice roll, right? The stat of luck, in my opinion, influences that dice lo lo roll more and should be more 
more decisive than it is by declaring it beforehand you're not you're not making it very decisive right as a luck and and don't get me wrong so luck for me as a and and this is just applying modifiers to the dice roll for me right i also use luck for things like okay one of my and this happens a lot right within my games my one of the players decides, hey, I'm going to go head down into this alleyway or, or start going down into the, this block by myself, alone, at night. Okay, make a luck roll, right? So in other words, roll a d10, blow your luck, and maybe you, you, you don't encounter anything. And it's your current luck. So if you spent luck, is that you know, your, your luck goes down. So if a player decides, Does okay. Does that detract from your luck? No, it's it's whether or not the, the problem I have with that is most of the games I run, um, unless there's a combat and there's not, it's very rare that there's going to be a combat every session. But unless there's an actual combat, uh, the amount of times players roll can vary dramatically. Like sometimes a, a player may only roll like once or twice per session. Um, if it's a very narrative-driven, like, social interaction-type situation. Uh, so you're, you, the luck at that point, the way you're using it, would make it almost, like, impossible to fail at, at anything. But your luck um, runs out. So, so if I spend... Not if, you're only, not if you're only making, like, a handful of rolls per session... Unless you've got like a really low luck, which again is, is super possible, but um, yeah. But so, from a player's point of view, right? I don't know if a combat situation is going to happen because a combat could break out at any time, right? I, I'm going to try to mitigate that from happening, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And I don't know what's going to happen an hour into the game. Are we going to encounter a boss? I'm going to fail a, a, a um, influence lo- role, or maybe you know they make a bad human perception role and think we're cops. And they, you know, to me, cyberpunk is always combat is always a possibility in any session, no matter sure. what. Sure, it's it's always a possibility. <laughs> so. But... A player, right, from a player's point of view, right, I'm not going to want to spend all my luck on every, on a roll. Uh, I'm not going to want to change dice rolls too much because I have a limited amount of luck. Okay. Um, and most of my players have an average of six to seven points of luck. Okay. So they're always going to save rolls in case I get a headshot, right? Uh, that's the one thing that they, they try to prevent. Now, and, and that's how that point system works, right? Is do you, do you need to critically or succeed, oh, almost guarantee a success within the story? There's always that. I need to succeed at this role, and I, whatever role it is. I spend my five luck, I minus it off my luck stat, and I don't have that much luck for the rest of the game, 
right? Or the rest of the rest of the session. So there, so it's an economic game for them on, well, do I want to spend all my luck because I might get in the firefight or I might need to apply a success or so. And again, like you said, there's the possibility that no skill rolls are done. And guess what? Luck isn't used at all <laughs> because it's there's no dice rolling, right? And dice are luck, right? So I get where you're coming from. So luck influences the dice. Now, the other aspect of of luck that I use is not always success or failure with skill rolls or, or combat, right? The other concept of luck for me is situational, right? So is something bad going to happen or if if for example the player asks a question or like oh is there a, a parked car around or i need something yeah, to be too. to be available okay well make a luck save and what a luck save is you roll a d10 and you try to get the number below your in your favor yeah. yeah so you roll a d10 and you try to get below your luck if you succeed, you, you succeed, right? And whatever you wanted to happen or whatever you wanted to be there happens. Similar to a player saying, I'm going down into the combat zone by myself at night. Okay, make, make a luck roll, make a luck save, is what I call it, to see if you don't get jumped, right? And if you're a single player hanging out in the combat zone and eight gangers are going to kick your ass and probably kill you. Um, there's that. It helps influence the, the flow of the game, right? And again, you know, if a player, for whatever reason, decides to use all their luck in the beginning of the session, for whatever reason, and later on they decide to do something or, or need something based upon luck, I need a contact to be available, I need to get in contact with this person, or... I need something, right? That that's as a GM, you're not. You you don't necessarily want to give it to them. Yeah. So you let the dice decide, and to me, luck is that stat that you use to help gauge your decision on what you introduce. Um, and and you know, there's a lot of GMs who use luck that way. So so there's two aspects to luck, and that's. That's one of the things that kind of makes Locket a very interesting stat in the game. Is that not only does it affect <clears throat> your dice rolls, but you can also apply it to just in general and how your game flows. Um, and I find, at least for my group, that even though I present them with the luck rules, none of them have ever taken a luck of 10. I think the most I've seen a person take is eight, and that's because the person was new to the whole concept and didn't even think about how many points they wanted to put in. Whereas an old-time player was like, yeah, I'm going to put in six, you know, just enough to make sure I get that crit and a possible one point to avoid a headshot, right? Um, if I need it. And again, the, hmm. the, the players during sessions don't always necessarily use it. The only times they really use it is if they're in a dire situation where they're like, yes, I need to use luck, right? 
um, I need to have a success. This is a critical thing that I need to succeed at, or I need to avoid getting a headshot or avoid this fumble. So one even of the other things I do is, uh, I won't, I won't normally let a player like just automatically turn something into a critical success, except for in two situations. They can, if they roll a critical, uh, uh, like using luck, you again have to re roll a second time. And if you roll under your skill, that's, that's an actual critical, like right. rolling under your skill is an actual fumble. Right. Uh, and you can use luck to influence that role. Or if you absolutely positively have to make this shot, you can expend all your luck on one roll to turn that into a critical success. Um, yeah, now that means you can't have used any luck beforehand. Uh, and it uses all your luck for the session, but you can do that one time do that one thing right and and that's my thinking around the the point cost of doing the various things with luck for me right was the concept of luck being a stat and a representation of how lucky the character is right so somebody with a luck of three good chance yet yeah, fine you avoid a fumble Right, you avoid a couple fumbles, you avoid a headshot, uh, but you're only going to yeah. be doing it three three times in a session. So if there's any more rolls, you're out of luck, right? And you're never going to get an automatic success because you're you're you have a three. You're not lucky, <laughs> you know. Whereas a five is kind of average, and yes, once in a while, you do want that critical success. And and I, I use this point system for many many years and. It's kind of worked, um, and it doesn't seem too overpowered. It does definitely make the game a little less lethal towards the players, which isn't, to me, a bad thing. Um, no, it's not. Because it keeps the game going along, and they're able to succeed where and pushing the story around as opposed to just letting the die lie where it is. Um, and again, that's why I've always been kind of an advocate of use your luck before, you know, you can use your luck beforehand, you can use your luck after the fact. Um, except for like the five points in which it's an automatic crit, right? So that's kind of like you have to use it. But from a, a, a one for one point value, I don't mind players using it after the fact of letting the dice roll and then determining, all oh, right, do I really want to waste all my luck on this roll, right? That I need, I have five points of luck and I failed it by seven. Well, as a lucky individual, okay, I just wasted all my luck on something that I wasn't going to succeed at, even with the luck of the die, right? Um, right. And, and that's my kind of concept of, of the luck stat. And... It, again, it, it plays, you know, you definitely want to, speaking to all the GMs out there and referees, you know, play around with luck and how you use it. Um, I mean, I have seen so many different home rules for luck 
and some of them are really innovative and and fun some of them are just like really i'm not i don't follow what your line of thought but like it's it's one of the most homebrewed things around and uh yeah play around with it find what works for you yeah and i think that's the Um, only stat that's gotten like the most interesting uh Homebrewing yeah, on all it. the stats. It's it's the one that's been homebrewed the most, and the one that's been approached from the most interesting angles. Like mm-hmm. you and I are very similar in how we approach luck. Um, we differ on you know whether it has to be called first or not. That's yeah. a personal taste thing. But uh, I mean, there's some wildly diverse uh, methods of homebrewing luck. Um, yeah, there's one out there with uh, was it um, a luck deck in which you print out the cards. Yeah, there's a, there's a luck deck. There's uh, a, a pool where you know you you hand out chits or whatnot to represent luck. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting the way people have gone with it. Uh, and I, I mean, they're not all going to work for every group. Uh, and you're going to eventually at some point, you're going to, if you play enough cyberpunk, regardless of what system you play, you're going to figure out some new innovation that is going to work for your group and uh, your play style yeah. and experiment, like have fun with it. That's it's one of the stats that you could have fun with without it having too much of an effect on the game. Yep. Um, the other stat I want to get into a little bit, at least, was the move stat. And specifically, I, I again, I, I think it's a stat that shouldn't be a stat. I think it should be a derived stat. But one of the things I saw in uh, Interlocked Unlimited was how you use move stat and how the derived stats from there, right, running, leaping, uh, jumping... You actually yeah. implemented or, or included the ability to have skills influence those numbers, right? Yeah. So if you have and especially athletics, yep. So if you have a higher athletics, it improves your run, it improves your leap and swimming, um, which I thought was was a great idea when I was reading well, thank it. Thank you. Um, definitely need to play around with the numbers because 5% of one is is a weird well I mean I didn't want want it to influence it too too much much. right Um, basically I mean we're talking we're talking increments of distance Mm -hmm. so like the 5% it it seems like a weird number but it's not going to come up in actual play that often uh but it was there to represent like marathon, like like professional athletes, like giving that extra oomph to their long jump or yeah. whatnot, or uh, yeah, um, like all the rules in Interlock Unlimited, especially all the rules that are changed from regular Interlock. It's there to use or not use as the, as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted something to represent, like you know, trained athletes. Um, so I had actually a suggestion on that. Um, instead of doing the 5%, because that requires math and rounding and 
all that craziness. <laughs> we hate math and rounding. <laughs> well, for simplicity's sake, right? Sure, so no, I, I was not being, I was being serious. We do hate math and yeah. rounding. Um, unless yeah, you're a, the game. unless you're a programmer and devising a character sheet to d calculate all that stuff for you. Um, exactly. Yeah. Other than that. So what you could do, right, because you don't want to just blanketly apply the skill to the move stat and then do all the calculations you're looking for. But if you take your athletic skill level and add it as meters to the run stat, right, which run is, of course, three times your move. So you're technically adding one to ten meters on top of the three times your move, right? So it's... Sure. Not necessarily. It's almost, I would say, uh, kind of similar to that to that five percent. And then once you've added that to the run, then you calculate your leap and your swimming based upon your run. You know. Yeah, that's that would make quite a bit of difference. The way I've got it, it's it's not going to make much of a difference. It might give you that nose ahead, uh, even at high levels. Uh, it's still not going to be like a ridiculous change in how things are going. Uh, I'd have to think about the one meter thing because that that would that would be a significant difference, right? Well, um, if you if you think about a, a trained athlete versus an untrained person, so and again, you can't sure. really do it within real life. I can't of, say it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it yeah. does make sense of somebody so somebody who like say two individuals start off they're the same speed one individual just it's not very athletic but you know he's still in shape and can still do a move of whatever he's doing and then the other person starts taking on track and field and and trying to improve their, their you know athleticism. That, i actually damn it i need to start writing this shit <laughs> What are you do? What are you talking about? It's all recorded. <laughs> Just go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. An that's, hour one thirty. Super lazy. An hour one thirty. I'll just write that down. There, there you go. go. Um, yeah, I actually think I like your idea. Uh, that makes more sense because there is a dramatic difference between a dude who's just really good at running, like naturally, and a dude who's been training his whole life. Like, yep. And again, one, one to ten meters um, to a run speed isn't that much. Uh, no, but no, it's really your, not. your base move, yes. And, and I don't think, from an athletics point of view, you're necessarily walking. Mm, it, it's hard to say, right? So walking speed versus running speed, um, and whether someone walks faster. If they're a faster runner, so I think that's the only thing that would be interesting is how to convert it back, right? And whether or not the base move is the base move, and athletics just doesn't modify it, but it affects the the, the other attributes. And like even swim skill would improve your swim movement. Yeah. Um, I 
Yeah, swimming as any movements. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I like it. I'm uh, I'm for this change. Damn it. <laughs> Just put me down um, as an author on your next version. Oh yeah, no, that's that's gonna happen. Um, yeah. um, yeah. So, anything else on stats do we want to talk about? I mean, we kind I of, think we've covered most of yeah, it there. I mean, intelligence um, is intelligence. I, I, I don't know what else to say about intelligence. Um. I think there's some overlap in, I don't know, tech has changed as far as how it's represented from 2020 to red. Uh, in 2020 in Interlock Unlimited, tech is your uh, ability to like manually manipulate things. It's uh it's not necessarily hand-eye coordination as much as it is uh, like digital, like like small form dexterity. Mm. I, I, I don't, I don't uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the weird thing about red. Like pickpocket in red is a tech skill. Yeah, it's a tech skill in uh, in twenty twenty. That's. I know it is, but with the whole concept of dexterity. Yeah, once you add in dexterity, a lot of the tech skills should get moved to dexterity, like you said. Um, Pickpocket. Let me take a look at the skill list here. Because for me, tech is is a combination of intelligence and a dexterity, right? To understand how a machine works, where a machine... You want that intelligence, but you also want the dexterity to be able to do a what's lot necessary. Of tech skills are things that I would allow intelligence uh, to replace tech on rolls. Yeah. You may know how to... Like, know the... Mm, theory behind engine repair but not actually like have the physical dexterity to do it Mm. um i guess that's the difference between an engineer and a mechanic right um or i also allow like synergistic bonuses to them like if you have uh both a high intelligence and a high tech you're going to be able to create better crap or make small repairs that and small adjustments to what you're doing that are going to have a, a more desired outcome. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, first aid would be another one of those things that I would put under dexterity. Um, but it's a blend of, of dexterity and intelligence, you know, you have to know <laughs> what to do to whatever, right? So you're going to treat a burn sure. different than, than a gun wound. So you have to know the difference. And if that bullet's still in the person, that's bad. So 
I need to make sure that, you know, either I compress it and make sure the, the, the stem, the, the blood letting. And even first aid, you could even say, is, is body as well, because you need some, some a bit of strength on, on some of the things you need to do, right? Like fixing a broken nose or popping. Uh, I guess looking at the checklist for red, uh, pickpocket's really the only one that would need to change yeah. to a dex skill. Um, the rest of them are fine as tech. Yeah. Uh, let's see. With Interlock Unlimited, if what? I were to have a deck skill, um, I should really trim this skill list down to there's some there's some stuff that's not necessarily redundant but not necessarily necessary like maybe I should just have uh, stage magic I would turn that into a dex based skill um, so for those who are listening to us <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom is uh, opening up his PDF and reviewing his skill list within uh, Interlock Unlimited, which you can find at his site at datafortress2020.com. Um, it's a derived rule set based on Cyberpunk 2020. He may be taking some influence from Red. Uh, maybe not everything. Maybe a few things. We'll see. I, I may, yeah. That, that may be a possibility. Or at least from fusion. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, these extended discussions have me thinking about things in new ways and uh, seeing different ways of doing things, of course, always uh, provides inspiration. Yep. Um, yeah, so and I... the goal with Interlock Unlimited has always just been to create the best version of Interlock I can. So. And that's always a, a nice, nice goal to set. So I think we've kind of uh, finished up on stats. We kind of compared 2020 to Red to Interlock Unlimited. Um, hopefully we've given you some things to think about, people. Um, definitely play out with your homebrew rules on stats and... You know, and let us know what you come up with. Let, yeah. us, let us know what you've done. Uh, share your thoughts with us. We'll we might address them in a future episode. Yep. Um, so you can find me on Discord. Uh, I'm Cyber Smiley. I'm on quite a few Discord servers, or you can message me directly. Um, you can also go to my site, which is cybersmiley.net. Uh, there's an email link. That I'm always game to. Uh, read emails and respond to emails also check out my site for all the cyberpunk goodness i i presented <clears throat> um yeah wisdom you got anything you want to finish up with i'm i'm wisdom triple zero otherwise known as derek Bernier. uh you can find me on my site data fortress 2020 uh the largest most comprehensive cyberpunk uh 2020 website in the world you can find me on Discord, on Facebook, uh, on 
pretty much any of the old school messengers. I never check them anymore, but I'm there. Uh, you can get a hold of me via email. Um, I always love talking to people about cyberpunk. Uh, if you have any questions or suggestions, uh, by all means, get a hold of one of the one of the other of us, both of us. It all works. Um, you can leave comments uh, on the YouTube channel when this eventually gets posted. Um, thank you for very thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Rob Mulligan for hosting us on Cyberpunk Uncensored. Yes, you're here. Um, yeah, and, and will talking to us we we are all ears and you know we we have no problem with uh having a discussion about things um and uh also you will be able to check this uh stream out on youtube over on cyberpunk uncensored um and and check out all of cyberpunk uncensored stuff uh he's got a website cyberpunkuncensored.com He's got a YouTube channel, this Twitch that you're following now, and uh, a Discord server. So definitely check all yeah. of his stuff out. Well, he is a, a pillar within the cyberpunk uh, community. So yeah, yeah what he said. Uh, so future episodes, um, we're looking to do a little more, you know, uh, game theory. Some hopefully get some uh, additional uh, co-hosts, guests. Uh, jumping on um, we're working on that and uh, yeah and just talking uh, about cyberpunk uh, 2020 and cyberpunk red yeah. so uh, check us out we're here every uh, sorry not every Wednesday <laughs> the first and every uh, Wednesday. first and third Wednesday of the month so yep um, some months will be off for three weeks but we are we're trying to keep up with uh, our normal schedule so come check us out again thanks everyone for uh listening and uh we'll check you out next time see you in two weeks